Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Hired Geek Podcast, episode number 139, with Matthew Raidbard uh, talking about supporting college student athletes. Uh, really enlightening conversation for me. Uh, never really been exposed uh, to that world as a uh, lifelong geek nerd, uh, whatever you want to call it, but uh, do understand, appreciate the really valuable and meaningful learning outcomes uh, and just development that can happen uh, for athletes when they are uh, probably supported by uh, good coaches and just really intentional experiences and reflection. So uh, we talk all about that and about uh, Matthew's book, Lead Like a Pro. Um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, connect with Matthew to keep the conversation going. Uh, check out the merch stores. We're heading into the end of the year. Uh, grab some great uh, gifts for yourself or uh, other uh, fans of the show. Uh, it's a great way to support us. Uh, there's some good sales going on. And also, as a heads up, as we're entering into the end of the year, uh, the end of this season will be on November 10th. Uh, that'll be our last episode. Uh, we'll take our usual sort of uh, bi-weekly, every other week cadence. Uh, so this will be the episode. We'll be off next week, and then the 10th will be uh, the finale for season five of the podcast. So uh, look forward to that. I appreciate everybody's support throughout this entire year. Uh, and without further ado, this is episode number 139 with Matthew Raidbard. All right, so we are here as we are winding down the season, uh, continuing our trend to talk through uh, some interesting new topics that we've not discussed on the show before. So I'm super excited. Uh, I know I'll get a lot out of this conversation. So, you know, the topic at hand here is uh, student leadership, athletics, uh, where those things intersect. Uh, but we'll start it as we always do with the introductions, uh, professional journey of our guest. Uh, so if you want to kick us off, Matthew, then uh, we'll go from there. Great. Well, you know, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here talking with you. Um, you know, for me, my journey has uh, professionally has always been an intersection of of kind of athletics and students and academics. Um, I got into I started my professional career as a, a men's college basketball coach right out of college. Um, got my first job at, at Western New Mexico University, a, a small Division two school down in the southwest corner of New Mexico. And um, it really was always my dream to be a college basketball coach. Uh, I always loved college basketball, but, um, you know, really loved working with college students and kind of preparing them for that next step in their lives. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I didn't really know what I wanted to do, have a really clear idea of what I wanted to do when I was graduating college. But I knew I loved basketball. I knew I loved coaching. And um, I was really fortunate to be able to, to break in and, and pursue that dream. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, um, I mean, it's a world again. I'm not super familiar with, but I know, uh, you know, just experience that a lot of students have. Uh, you know, it's a way for them to even get to college in the first place, and then it can add uh, such a great dynamic to their experience in terms of teamwork and communication and leadership, and um, you know, just a way to stay active, have fun, and you know, kind of work towards a goal, you know, and have that achievement and uh, everything. So, um, you know, it's something like you said. It, you know, it's been kind of ingrained in you since. Uh, the beginning of your professional journey. And um, I know you have a book, so I want to kind of give a shout out to it and give it some time and space here to talk about it uh, called Lead Like a Pro. So uh, how did that book come to be? And if you just want to explain kind of what the sort of abstract of it is, what's the idea behind the book? My kind of professional journey has had a lot of kind of twists and turns that I, you know, that I didn't really know or going in were possible or, you know, when they were happening, didn't even entirely know how important those moments were going to be. But, um, you know, I, I kind of was able to move through coaching and get a lot of different experiences in coaching. Um, you know, I was a coach at, at four different schools, um, you know, 
bigger, smaller, low resource, um, high resource, just I, I was able to get a really nice amalgam of different experiences. Um, but the kind of constant throughout that time as a coach, um, and then when I transitioned into athletics administration as well, was I didn't feel like coaches, administrators were receiving enough leadership training that was specific or designed for them. I always thought during my time as a coach, and, and this kind of relates back to my, my first job at, at Western New Mexico, um, you know, when I got there, I was so excited that I was going to be a full-time coach. And I thought everything that I was going to do, I thought I was going to recruit and coach on the court and everything would be centered around basketball and you know, on-court coaching and games and practices. And I, I remember about a month into my the start of my coaching career down at Western Mexico, I remember talking to my dad and, and him asking me how things were going and me saying, you know, they're going pretty well. I like the team, school, coaches, student athletes. But, you know, when am I going to get to do all of those coaching things that I thought I was going to do when I first got here? I was wearing so many other hats. I was a study hall monitor and a class checker and a chauffeur and a nutritionist and, you know, uh, a mentor and a friend. And I was doing all of these other things. And I didn't entirely identify what that meant at the time. But I kind of quickly realized, uh, you know, short, shortly into my career that I needed a broader range of leadership tools to be able to help me on my professional journey while I was wearing all these other hats, wearing, you know, taking on all these other leadership responsibilities. And so it kind of from that first kind of seminal experience and that kind of idea formulating in my head that, you know, where can I get some help? Where can I get more tools that can aid me in this process? And every year I was taking on more and more of these responsibilities that I wasn't necessarily equipped for. And it was becoming harder and harder. And it was kind of through that, my professional journey, feeling that way, and then getting into administration, conducting research in, on athletic coach leadership practice, that I eventually was inspired to write the book as a resource for coaches to be able to give them leadership knowledge and tools to help them on their leadership journeys, on their professional journeys, and just hopefully make sure that they're better equipped to take on all of those different leadership responsibilities. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I can imagine that that is a common story for a lot of people where, uh, you know, I mean, and, and really any organization, honestly, like, you know, responsibility thrust upon you and you sort of have to like, you know, learn to an extent as you go, because sometimes there's just not, you know, the best leadership training or management training, you know, when you do have to um, sort of corral and direct uh, a group of people, it uh, certainly uh, could be really hard work and, you know, to manage all those different personalities and just different uh, stakeholder priorities and all the, all these sort of things. So I appreciate you, uh, kind of reflecting and putting all that together and uh, sharing out uh, your wisdom and advice with folks. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously the crux of this is that like, you know, uh, this experience for students, like I said, can be really impactful. I, I kind of alluded to, I think my perception of the things that uh, sort of the skills and things that students can learn from this experience. Uh, but from your point of view, you know, kind of working in this space firsthand, like how do you see this involvement in athletics being impactful 
uh, for college students, kind of like, you know, all this work and thought and intentionality that goes into this, like, you know, it's, it's for a purpose. It's kind of creating these, uh, you know, uh, meaningful outcomes for students. So, um, yeah, what, what are some of those outcomes? Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's a tremendous number of opportunities for students to kind of gain a lot of different attributes and character traits and, um, you know, mentalities and experiences through athletics. I mean, being part of a team, working collaboratively, uh, you know, hard work, um, you know, time management, organization, um, also understanding your unique population and kind of working through some of those difficulties. Not not everybody is is a fan of athletics. Not everybody is going to go out of their way to understand your perspective and your individual challenges. So working through some of those things as well. I, so I think there's a there's so many things that can be learned or that are learned from being an athlete and participating in sports that are, you know, but I think that what goes along with that hand in hand is, you know, while a lot of those things can be gained by the individual student and picked up on over time and developed over time, certainly when the leadership abilities and the mentoring abilities of their coaches are more intentional, more focused on developing some of those skills, abilities, characteristics. It helps the student, the students, it helps the student athlete understand the importance of them. It helps them really realize hopefully earlier on, you know, what they are gaining from participating in sports and then starting to apply it earlier on as opposed to waiting later till they sort of have figured out what the influence or importance of it was and the impact that they can have. Taking those, you know, character traits and those opportunities and experiences and putting them right back out into practice in their own teams, their own lives, their own classrooms, um, you know, with their friends, with people in their network, you know, moving towards um, networking to, you know, get a job and and kind of go beyond college and, and into that next phase of their life. So, you know, I think the intersection of those two things is so important and the kind of fostering of those leadership abilities and characteristics and traits is so is so important and can be so heavily influenced when you have a coach who really understands that and is intentional about their own leadership decisions so that they can help best foster that within the the students themselves. Yeah, and I mean I'm I'm glad that you mentioned just the idea too of like these are transferable skills they can manifest and be beneficial to our personal lives and professional lives it's you know certainly prudent just so that like okay this person grows and they can become a better athlete you know forever long they uh, you know, are engaged with that in college or elsewhere, but, um, you know, the things you learn on the field, on the court, you know, wherever, uh, have that value in so many other places and just, you know, helping people to reflect and understand that and feel really confident, you know, that, uh, whatever they learn can have that transferability. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the coach, uh, plays a crucial role in that and helping to kind of guide that. So, um, that's kind of what I wanted to ask about next. You know, obviously it's a big focus like you said, what your book is about and everything, but you know, I don't want to steal any of the, the book's thunder, but if you kind of want to tease, I guess, some sort of the, you know, just broader advice of like, you know, uh, how the coach kind of plays into this whole equation of helping students achieve those outcomes and uh, those sort of things, just anything that you'd want to share about, uh, yeah, advice that you'd give uh, to coaches working with college students. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so many of these things, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I was a coach and an administrator and have spent my professional career in athletics, but 
you know, for me, that's the lens through which I view leadership because that's where my experiences are. Um, but, you know, like you said, for, for leaders in all areas, you know, business and teachers and, you know, all sorts of professions, you know, you're, you're looking at leadership through your own unique perspective and scope. And obviously you're working with different populations of people. Um, but ultimately, the fundamental aspects of leadership are the same. So we all need to determine what is the best leadership style for us. And, you know, I, I talked through a couple, like a couple of steps for, for anyone trying to develop their leadership practice of just starting off with identifying and determining what are your kind of personal values and beliefs as a leader? You know, what's, what's fundamental to who you are and you want to be displayed through your leadership, through your decisions, through how you communicate and treat people. You know, for me, it was always really important to me as a coach and, and it, it continues to be as an administrator that, you know, I'm very positive. You know, I always try to be inspirational and motivational for my athletes. I try to do that for my team as well. Um, you know, build really strong personal relationships. That was one of the most important things to me as a coach was I wanted to build those personal relationships with my athletes so that we had a relationship of mutual trust and respect but also so that they knew I supported them, not just as athletes, but as human beings, and that our relationship was going to transcend our time as player coach. That when they went out and, and they left the left campus and I was no longer their coach, I was still going to be their coach. I was still going to be their support system. I was still going to be there for them and do what I could to help them. Those are really important aspects of, of my personal values and beliefs as a, as a person and as a leader. So kind of identifying those as a, the foundation or the starting point for my leadership practice. Now, once I learn about foundational leadership knowledge, once I gain an understanding of different leadership styles, I can then take those personal values and beliefs and start to match them with leadership styles that kind of will help accentuate those and help me practice them and, and have them come through in my behavior. So, you know, for me, I, I naturally gravitated towards transformational leadership because there was a lot of different overlap with that leadership style and what was important to me as a leader. Um, and then that became kind of the foundation of my leadership practice. And from there, it was about acquiring the tools to then go out and say, okay, these are my values and beliefs as a leader. I identify a lot with transformational leadership as a foundational style for me. Now I need to go out and I actually need to be inspirational and motivational. I need to build those relationships and acquire the tools and some tips and tricks and an understanding of how to actually go and do that. And that's kind of the process I walk coaches through in the book and, and really anybody who's trying to develop their leadership practice. Because ultimately there isn't, I can't tell anyone in, in any profession, here's the best leadership style for you. Ultimately that's developed over time and it's a very personal thing. Every leader has a different leadership style uh, because every leader is different. And, you know, it's informed by their knowledge, their experiences, their values and beliefs. So I, I tried to write the book as, as kind of a menu to say, you know, here's how to kind of figure out what's important to you as a leader. Here are some really great leadership styles that might, you know, will hopefully align with, with a lot of your values and beliefs. And here's some tools and some, some more information on how to then go and practice those leadership styles and behaviors so that you could become the leader that you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate that mentality too, where it's like, it's not 
one size fits all. Like there may be one that seems a bit a bit more relevant to a lot of folks than others, but you know that you can give this menu of options. People can kind of read through, see what resonates, and it might be that it's something that's like you know the Dustin style of leadership where it's like, oh, I kind of take a little bit of here and there or whatever, but like, you know, it's good to also be able to like focus and say like, well, you know, if I really ever, ever really am, you know, in doubt, I can anchor around this style to help guide decision-making and, you know, how am I going to show up for my team and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the way it has to be is that you give options and ultimately a decision is up to the individual to, uh, figure out what, uh, uh leadership style is going to work best for them. But, um, yeah, I mean, this uh, is all great stuff. And I think it, it just is that ability, you know, for folks, uh, for coaches to like kind of rise above the fray and like, you know, you know, in this context, it's, it's similar, I think, to, to any other kind of work is that like we can get so stuck in the day to day and just like what's the next problem. But like being able to really uh, have a thoughtful strategy around, you know, how am I going to help transform the people on my team? Uh, to become leaders themselves or just get get to wherever they're going uh, in the best way possible uh, versus just kind of, you know, treating symptoms of things, you know, or just kind of taking each thing uh, as it comes. So, and I guess, you know, you know the, the time that we're in, you know, all of this, I think, has probably only become a bit more uh, difficult to navigate uh, given just the pandemic and kind of, you know, things being shut down, reopening, kind of, you know, with other kind of uh, safety measures and things. So, um you know, I always just like to honor that, like, you know, we can talk about things sort of like in a vacuum, but I think making sure they're applicable to sort of uh, the reality that we're all facing day to day. So just if you want to kind of at least just look back, you know, how maybe the pandemic has disrupted uh, your work and, you know, the work of others that you uh, speak with in, in the kind of athletics world. Um, and uh, yeah, just advice for folks kind of moving forward as they sort of honor, um, you know, the disruptions that have happened. Yeah, you know, I think that there have been a lot of a lot of different challenges for a lot of people in, in athletics and higher ed. I think, you know, one, a couple of the things that, that come to mind for me is, you know, first off, I think in athletics, you know, we, we always we kind of have a saying in athletic departments that I've worked in that, you know, athletics never closes. Athletics never takes a day off. You know, there, there's always something going on. There's always something happening. Coaches need something, student athletes, staff. Something is always going on. And I think one thing that, you know, the, the pandemic did was when, especially when people were, were separated, people were at home, working from home, they're, they're meeting virtually, they're on the phone a lot, there's not that kind of uh, in-person interaction, is one, I think, you know, and I, I could speak for myself here a little bit as a leader that, you know, I lost a little bit of that, that those opportunities to really develop relationships with my team and with our, with our student athletes. You know, it's definitely a different dynamic when you're meeting with people and you're conversing with them through kind of non-traditional mediums, you know, on the phone, text message over, um, you know, virtually. And you're not just face to face, you know, in an office or a room, just sitting there person to person and just talking. Um, so I think you lose a little something there. And I think you have to work a little harder at building those relationships and making sure that people know you're there for them and supporting them. I think kind of on the same the same side or the kind of the flip side of that, excuse me, is, you know, I think it became more difficult for, for people to have boundaries and really develop where some of those boundaries were with their team, their colleagues, athletes to say that, 
you know, because we're at home, it, it almost felt at times like we were always on, we're always at work um, because everything was so mixed and overlapped. I mean, I would go from a meeting to putting dishes away to now I'm back on the phone to walking the dog. And, and there's this, this overlap of my, my life and work in ways that there never was before. And those boundaries were gone. It wasn't, there wasn't an opportunity to leave work and have work end to the extent that that's possible uh, in today's society. So I think that, you know, there were, there were those kind of competing factors where you're trying to be accessible and support people and build relationships and have people know you're there for them and, and understanding what they're going through and, and being supportive, but also being able to have those boundaries so that you do still have some semblance of a work-life balance. I think those have definitely been two things that, that I could speak to for me that have been a challenge, especially in a leadership role, because, you know, I set a tone and an example through my behaviors for my team. And, you know, if my team sees that they're getting emails from me at 10 o'clock at night, you know, even though my intention is not to say that they should be working, it's, it's the opposite. I don't want them to be doing what I'm doing. I want them to have a better work-life balance than me. But it sends that kind of, uh, you know, sometimes unhealthy message of, you know, look what our leader is doing, you know, and then people feeling like they have to kind of replicate that. They need to, to do that as well. So I think sometimes you get some of those um, unintended consequences of your leadership actions and maybe me not having really good boundaries and then that being reflected in my behaviors and affecting the team. Uh, and, and kind of making it so it's difficult for them to have boundaries, which is exactly the opposite thing that I want as a leader. So I think some, you know, a lot of those things get, can get kind of muddled, and it can be really difficult as a leader to make sure that you know, I understand the decisions I'm making, and therefore I can track what are the positives and negatives and then make adjustments. I think sometimes you know, during these, this time, it's kind of been you know, jumping from you know, problem to problem to problem to problem, and you kind of lose track sometimes of the effect of those leadership decisions are having, especially over the course of time. I mean, I think that's a little bit of what everybody's been facing, you know, those things you mentioned around, you know, you know, the work gets done when it can get done and not making that like an expectation for anybody. But um, yeah, just always trying to manage flexibility with what needs to get done and giving people the the, the grace that they need through this difficult time and uh, still just trying to uh, deliver, you know, to our teams, to our colleagues, to our, uh, you know, other customers, constituents, students, everybody, you know, delivering as high quality of a experience as we can, given, uh, you know, uh, the circumstances. But um, yeah, I mean, and there, there's a lot. I always don't want to open up a can of worms of like, all the other stuff I feel like has been changing in uh, college athletics. But, you know, maybe if you want to allude to any like helpful resources, uh, in addition to, you know, your book, of course, and connecting with you, but um, anything else that's like grabbing your attention, maybe, you know, with all of the big headlines in the athletics world or just other stuff that you feel is, is good, like foundational leadership resources that we can uh, include in the show notes. Yeah. You know, I think what has really been a, a positive uh, that's come out of, you know, the last year and a half or two years is there have been all of these different resources popping up that are very accessible to people. So, um, you know, for me, you know, there's a lot of um, whether it's, you know, the talks through Athletic Director U, U or Lead Once webinars. Um, there's all these organizations that are putting out a lot of really good content that, you know, I, I always tell, you know, my team and, and colleagues, sign up for everything. You know, 
you're not necessarily going to to watch it now or listen to it now, but it, it may come, it may be applicable for you later. So, you know, whether it's, it's podcasts or webinars there, you know, there's just so much content that's being put out on a lot of different topics facing college athletics, higher education right now um, that I kind of just, again, I, I'm an information gatherer. So I, I'm just big on, Oh, that looks interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I sign up and, and bookmark it for when I have time that could be applicable to my colleagues or other coaches. I'm going to send it off to them and encourage them to do it. I just think as you kind of keep gathering information, it's so important, but um, you know, for me, it, it's a lot of these kind of individual podcasts or webinars or um, different trainings that have come up 45 minutes an hour. And then being able to go back and kind of pick through what, what, is interesting to me or applicable to me. And, you know, everybody's going to have different kind of organizations. Those are just two that, that I, I like their, their content and, um, you know, speaks well, you know, I think speaks really well to what the needs are of, you know, coaches and administrators in higher ed right now. Um, but again, you know, I think that those type of things are really good. Um, and I always encourage people, you know, Again, like I wrote my book through a coaching lens, but I hope that people who aren't people who are not coaches will also read it and, and learn from it because I think it's so important for people to look for resources, leadership resources outside of their their field um, and see, you know, see through the lens of what other leaders are doing in other professions um, and look for those resources. So I encourage people to just you know, I, I'll, from time to time, I'll just Google business leadership or, um, you know, different kind of keywords to try to look, just find resources or ask my friends who are in different professions for what they're reading or what they're listening to, just to get some different resources um, to be able to kind of just get a fresh lens and perspective on, on how other people might be seeing some of the same things that I am, but just through a different lens. Yeah. Oh, uh, great advice and uh, great uh, resources there. And yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, teamwork is teamwork to an extent, like there's certain, uh, you know, kind of truisms and adages that can be helpful just to sort of uh, focus our uh, work and trying to uh, do those things better. So um, I really appreciate that uh, sentiment and advice. So uh, we always like to end though, um, you know, if there's any other kind of final thoughts, calls to action that you'd like to uh, share out to wrap up the episode. Uh, yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely my favorite part. Um, you know, I, I'll say a, a couple of things. One is it's never it's never too late to change your leadership behaviors, to adjust your leadership style if it's not working for you. Even if you, if you don't have great boundaries right now, if you feel like your work-life balance isn't great, that doesn't mean that even though you've been doing that for the last year and a half or two years of, of everything that's been going on, that you can't change it. But the greatest impact of change comes through your behaviors and your actions more than your words. So, you know, I, for me, I, I always encourage people to, you know, if you want to say, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I intend to do, that's great. It lets people know before you just start doing it. But ultimately, as a leader, they're then going to look through your actions and behaviors as follow-up to see if you're actually doing it, and they're going to see if you're doing it over time. So, you know, it, it's not easy to kind of change those behaviors, especially when they've been ingrained in you for a long time as a leader, uh, but it's never too late and it's never impossible for you to make those adjustments. If you feel like, whether it's work-life balance, your communication style, 
um, you know, how you work collaboratively as a leader, your approach to leadership. It's never too late to make those changes or adjustments. And I encourage people always to, you know, even if you feel like your leadership practice is going really well um, and your things are going really well with your team, there are always ways to kind of look at your leadership practice introspectively and learn something new and be able to make changes or adjustments just to continue to evolve as a leader. Uh, I think it's it's so important that leaders are always looking to evolve, even when they feel like it. You know, things are going well. They're they're not going to go well forever. Challenges are going to come up. People are going to change. The needs of your team is going to change. So, whereas it, you may not necessarily need to make any adjustments at that time, getting that getting that information, gaining that knowledge, seeing those different perspectives, it's only going to help you as you kind of continue your leadership journey and and continue to evolve as a leader. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thing I'll just leave everybody with that is really central to the book and, and also kind of everything that I talk about is, you know, there, there are no perfect leaders. There's no perfect leadership style. Uh, ultimately, the, the leader that you are today might not be the leader you are in a year or five years or 10 years as, you know, you continue to change, you continue to get new experiences, you know, the needs of the people you're working with continue to change. And, but ultimately, I, I, I want leaders to know and everyone to know that, you know, don't judge yourself as a leader based on did I succeed or did I fail, right? You know, really focus in on the process over the outcome as much as possible and really look at, you know, did I, even though maybe I didn't get the outcome that I wanted, you know, did I make the, did I make what I think were the best leadership decisions? You know, did I make, did I really think hard about what the needs of my organization, my team, you know, my, my students was, and did I make decisions in pursuit of that, even if it didn't work out? Um, and then, you know, on the, on the flip side of that say, okay, even though it did work out, you know, were there some, some changes, were there different things I could have done so that the outcome I got was more replicable or we got there, you know, in a little bit of an easier or more efficient way, or I remained more true to who I am as a leader. So again, you know, really encouraging people to really look at and think about the process and their own decisions that led to the outcomes more than just judging themselves based on what the outcomes of their leadership decisions were. Yeah, I love it. The consistency, the reflection, the modeling, the way all those uh, important milestones and sort of uh, foundations for uh, just good leadership in general. So uh, thank you so much for hanging out and sharing all that you did, Matthew. We'll have ways to connect with you and everything that you mentioned down in the show notes as usual, but um, just great stuff. And I appreciate just a little bit of time here to uh, talk about and explore just leadership and student athletics and uh, all that good stuff. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing with the podcast. I think it's just it's such an important intersection that you're you're discussing here on the podcast and really glad I could come on and be a part of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.